You're listening to the Next Exec Podcast Series with Executive Women's Forum. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Avni Desai. Avni Desai is a partner and president at Shelman & Company, LLC, the largest niche CPA firm in the world that focuses on technology and security assessments. She is also CEO and co-founder of MyCryptoAlert, a push notification and portfolio app for cryptocurrency. Avni started her career working at KPMG for over 10 years, where she was involved with IT risk management and privacy service lines. Now at Shellman & Company, Avni has been focusing on growth strategies, strategic client and market development, industry analysis, and new services for the last seven years. In 2017, Avni, a crypto enthusiast, launched MyCryptoAlert. Also passionate about strategic philanthropy, Avni sits on the board of several nonprofit organizations. Avni still considers her greatest accomplishment to be her personal rather than professional. She is the proud mother to her eight-year-old son, Sahil, and her six-year-old daughter, Serena. So Avni, thank you for taking some time to talk today. I think you're super interesting and I hope by the end of this, um, others will feel the same, but so you're currently the president of Shellman and company. How long have you been in that role? Sure. I started Shellman and company in 2012 after a decade at the big four. Um, my first role at Shellman and company, I was the executive vice president where I focused on things like growth and strategy and new services. And then I took the role of president in 2018 in May. So it's been about a year and a half. Nice. And are you enjoying it? Is it, is it what you thought it would be? Um, so I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, when I did become president of Shellman and company, I came home and my daughter started packing her bag and I was like, what are you doing? And she's like, we're moving to the white house. (laughs) So it hasn't been like that, but, uh, no, it's been, it definitely has been a transition. Um, and a lot of it is just, you know, I'm focusing a lot on our people and I didn't focus. I've always focused on our people, but a large majority, majority of my role now is people, but I'm really enjoying it. Um, I feel like I have a lot of autonomy. Um, We're definitely making strides. I always say we're the most unique place that you can work in the field of compliance and auditing. Sure. And I just really love building this very inclusive place with our leadership. Yeah. And so I guess, you know, when you're younger and you're in elementary school and they're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? What is this where you thought you would be? Or did you think you were going to be in a different field? Definitely not. I didn't think I was going to be an auditor. Um, So growing up, I grew up in a very traditional Indian family. So you either become a doctor or an engineer. And I decided to go down the engineering route. So I went to school and studied computer engineering. Mm. And I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the coding. I enjoyed problem solving. Uh, Growing up, I really liked to tinker with things. So engineering was really a great path for me. Um, I come, my dad's a mechanical engineer. My sister is an electrical engineer, but I knew I wanted to do something that was innovative. Mm -hmm. 
And so computer engineering was great. I didn't think from computer engineering I would go into um, risk or auditing. So I remember it was my third year at University of Florida, and they do the career fairs. And during the career fair, one of the big four was talking to me and said, you know, we're starting a technology practice. And it really took everything that I really liked. It took, um, it was the security practice, so it was Mm -hmm. ethical hacking and all of that. But it also had the people aspect of it. And so when I had done my internships, I was always behind a computer and really didn't have that interaction with people. And I love people. Mm -hmm. So going into public accounting was just a great marriage of what I wanted to do. So I didn't think that's what I was going to do, but I'm just really happy that I did that. And you feel like you ended up where you should be, right? Yes, definitely. So what are some other things when you were younger? Like, did you always like giving back I know you're really big into philanthropy and and making a an impact in your community and is that something that you were always passionate about or um it was and I can tell you it took me a while to realize that I was passionate about giving back and being a philanthropist so a quick story of kind of our past so my mom and dad immigrated from India to the United States in the 70s and both my sisters were three and five years old when they immigrated so I wasn't Mm -hmm. born yet And when they came to New York, uh, my dad is a PhD Mm -hmm. in mathematics, and my mom is actually a master's in um, psychology. When they came here, unfortunately, their degrees didn't translate. And so they ended up working. My mom ended up making belts at a store, and my dad um, actually was a janitor at a uh, fast food restaurant. So... But when you ask them, even today, like, why did you do that? My mom had servants and, you know, people helping her and nannies in India and so forth. And she said, well, I knew I had two daughters and there was no way that they were going to be able to live their life to their potential Mm. from an education perspective as they are here. So when I was born, we were born um, very low middle class. We were on Mm. public assistance. Um, We were given a lot from the community. And because we were given a lot for the community, when I realized that I had the ability of giving back, Mm -hmm. it was just something that I had to do because the community did that for us. So yes, I'm I'm very passionate about philanthropy. I'm very passionate about social impact. Um, I'm very passionate about giving back to women and children. Um, there's this great article and research study by done by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation that says if you change the life of a woman, you actually change the life of her entire family, mm. but you actually change the life of multiple generations after right. that. And that was so impactful to me that I said, it's true. You know, m- my mom's life was yeah. changed and it could have gone negative or it could have gotten positive and because the community helped her you know learn English and get technical skills um, when I say technical skills she learned how to be a seamstress and that's really what put food on our table for a very long time until my dad could find a job and she still hems my pants (laughs) today Um, but because of that uh, her life was changed in the U.S. and I think that's why you know you look at me and my sisters. Uh, my sister's a physician. One worked at Accenture, and um, you know I'm here yeah. um, at Shellman, and yeah. it turned out for the best. Yeah, and so I guess that's your family perspective. And and are most of the organizations that you like to work with are they mostly women and children organizations? And 
They are. Um, so two things that I probably spend most of my time from a philanthropic perspective is one is called 100 Women Strong. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's an Orlando-based collective giving network. So women get together and we're venture philanthropists. Mm-hmm. We solve problems related to women and children mm-hmm. by pooling our funds together. But collective giving is really a, uh, it's, it's a global initiative that's going on because my money is good, mm-hmm. but a hundred women's money is a lot better, you know, the impact Mm -hmm. that it's going to give. So um, collective giving and women collective giving um, is something I'm very passionate about. And women have always been collective givers. I mean, you can think about, you know, when people did canned food drives or, you know, they collected socks, right? That's collective giving. But what we're doing is we're just doing from a strategic perspective. How do we make sure that the funds that we get has a return on investment um, socially? And then I'm also, um, there's a non-for-profit hospital in Orlando um, that is uh, called Winnie and Arnold Palmer and they focus on women and children and I focus more on the women's side is how do you help women not only physically but mentally and spiritually to you know be better mothers um, to take care of themselves while they're pregnant keeping low stress and so forth Uh because that does affect what um the pregnancy is going to be like and then what the children um, potentially hopefully they're not in the NICU or anything right um, so yeah two things I'm very passionate about and then also passionate about women in tech and yes. that's what I live day in mm-hmm. and day out right? mm-hmm. yeah and I think um, as I also work at Shellman I think I see a lot of that um, we've spun up a lot of interesting advocacy groups within our organization and women you know I think we did a girls who code event and that was really great um, so how do you how do you think that social impact or giving back is good for the organization? Sure. You know, 15 years ago, I think our professional life and our personal life was very distinct. Mm. We don't live like that anymore. No. We're not working <laughs> nine to five, going home. We have laptops, we're mm-hmm. traveling, right. you know, work spills into weekends sometimes, client demands and all of that. So to myself, I started thinking is, you know, if you have, if you're passionate about giving at home, why not be passionate? Why shouldn't your workplace embrace that? Um, So I think organizations need to have programs which their people are excited about. Mm -hmm. They, everybody wants to have a purpose, right? And everybody wants to have an impact. But why do you have to say, well, my purpose and impact is only going to happen at home? You're working more than you're at home a lot of right. times, right? Yes. So bringing that in, um, and and you know, I may be passionate about women and children. Um, someone else may be passionate about their you know their church, and someone else may be passionate about pets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have to embrace all of that, and that's why I'm really excited about the Shellman Cares program, where we do matching um, based on what any anything that you're interested in, right. with just the hopes of we push you to do more research, we push yep. you to get out there and volunteer. We push you to educate um, the rest of the firm. And I really enjoy being able, we have a bi-weekly call, um, and anyone can raise their hand and say, I want to talk about um, the initiatives that I'm Mm -hmm. excited about. And so when I talked about Girls Who Code, we had 18 other people who ended up donating to Girls Who Code. And then after that, we had, you know, across the country, we had people... um, speaking at the summer summer immersion program that's awesome so that's really exciting and i just think we need to give people an outlet right. um and education yeah 
Because it's easy when you're working from home or working remotely to forget that there is a community outside. And I know that a lot of our workforce, you're either at the client site or you're at home. And so I think it's really important to, to keep people engaged. I think it'll help society, some of the potential violent issues that we've been having is yeah. people forget they're part of a community. So that's, that's right. really important. And we have to build that, especially because we're such a dispersed organization, yes. right? We have 200 plus people all throughout the United States. How do you build this fabric of community, right? right? And so Shelman Pride, Shelman Women, you know, we're thinking about Shelman Green, we're thinking about Shelman Veterans, you know, that's all building a community. Um, but then people say, you know, you have an obligation to give back. And I always say, you know, we don't have an obligation. I think we have an opportunity to mm-hmm. give back. And, you know, um, I wake up every day and I love the talk that they had about gratitude um, yesterday. And it's true. I wake up every day and say, gosh, my life could be completely different if it wasn't for the people that yeah. gave back to us. Absolutely. And so it, it's an opportunity and mm-hmm. it's an opportunity to learn more about your community. It's yeah. an opportunity to meet different people in the community. You know, I take my son to a place um, called Pine Hills, which is um, probably one of the most violent places in Orlando. And they have 52 family-run daycares there. And I take my son every Wednesday to read to these kids. And these kids, when you go inside, they're so excited. They're like, oh my gosh, we're going to get read to. (laughs) But what's even more exciting is when I leave, my son looks at me and he was like, I felt like a superhero. And it's like, wow, right? And he was like, I feel like I changed their lives. And I go, yeah, see, you know, giving back is great for the community, but it's also great for yourself. And when you're able to walk out and say, gosh, I got a lot more from that than I was able to give, it's like a win-win. Well, and that's, that's an example of your time where I think people always think, well, I don't have money to give, but your time is really valuable. Um, And so giving back even in, in ways like that can be tremendously impactful. That's right. Um, so, so you enjoy social impact. You, uh, the, you know, when you're little and you think, what is my life going to be? So you didn't know you were necessarily going to be in, in the audit field, right? That's but, right. Um, you know, and you, and you decided to take what happened to you when you were younger and give back to the community. Um, when you were younger, did you know you always wanted a family? Oh, yes. I, when you, when my parents asked me when I was five years old, what I wanted to be. And I was like a mom. Yeah. Like I would Aww. always say I wanted to be a mom. <laughs> and you know that I come from a, a family that um, embraces women. Cause my dad's like, you don't want to be an engineer. <laughs> you don't want to be a doctor. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Uh, but no, I always knew I wanted to be a mom. Um, I even kind of going through college and then getting a job at a big four, you know, I always knew a part of me, I wanted to have a family and, and that's kind of always something that I was like a non-negotiable, non-negotiable. So obviously you've had demanding careers. Mm -hmm. So how do you deal with, do you ever feel mom guilt? Do you oh. ever like feel like you're not being the best mom? Oh my gosh, it's hashtag mom fail every day. <laughs> let me tell you. I mean, I, I could tell you what happened today. My daughter, when I called her, she was like, um, I decided I want to be Maleficent. And I was like, last week you wanted to be Ariel. And she's like, I want to be Maleficent for Halloween. And so, of course, everything's sold out. And oh. uh, um, and I was like, seriously? Like, how do I know? <laughs> um, you know, mom guilt is always there. Yeah. It's very hard, you know. I don't think a lot of working moms openly talk about how difficult it is. Mm -hmm. Um, 
there's something that they call like the third shift, which I think happens a lot to women where, you know, you're working all day, you come home and then you take care of the kids, which is like the second shift and then everything gets done. And then you have that third shift, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, paying bills and making sure birthday parties are okay, making sure, um, permission slips, lunches are made, right? (laughs) And, you know, lunches are ordered and social calendars Mm -hmm. are taken care of. And that is a burden and, and it's a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I've read books like Lean In and so forth. And, you know, I like reading those things, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, you can lean in and you can do all of that. But I've come to the realization is if you don't have a strong support system, which is at home, but also in the workplace, Mm -hmm. it is not going to help, right? You know, I'm very lucky that I have a husband who is very supportive of what I do, who also has a demanding job. But at the end of the day, it comes down to my parents. My parents live with me. So I have the ability of, you know, coming to the EWF conference, or I have to go to Berlin in a few weeks for a client that I have the ability of kind of getting up and being able to do that and knowing that my children are loved and Mm -hmm. cared for 24 hours a day. And, you know, a lot of women don't have that. And and it does, it's it's very difficult. Right. And, you know, when they say it takes a village to raise a family, it truly does. Mm-hmm. You know, I have friends who are stay-at-home moms who will send me text messages like they did today and said, today's pajama day. And I was like, thank God you told me today is pajama <laughs> day, right? To, you know, if, if I have to go somewhere and they need to be picked up right. and so forth. So it really does take a village. Mm-hmm. And so that's the personal side. And then from the professional side, you know, even at Shellman and Company, we have 50 women out of 200 plus. So we're about 22% when mm-hmm. it comes to women. And that still disappoints me. Yeah. It really does. Because when you look at colleges, 50% women are graduating mm-hmm. from it. When you look at our when you look at big four incoming class, 50% women are in the IT There's space. A drop off. So somewhere. what happens? Why is there a drop off? And this there was just a study done that I actually just read this morning that said, um, what happens is women end up getting the burden of mm-hmm. um, taking care of all the personal stuff, which means, you know, if two people graduate from Harvard and both of them become lawyers mm-hmm. and then they start having kids, most of the time it's going to be the woman who says, I'm going to go part time or I'm going to go to a smaller firm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that ends up seeing some inequity when mm-hmm. it comes to pay. So the study that was done said, you know, working f- fathers, working fathers, actually get paid $1 on the dollar, but working mothers actually get paid 72 cents on the dollar versus non-working mothers who get paid still 85 cents on the dollar, right? So it's it's hard and we have a lot of work to do. I mean, yeah. personally, you know, we have a lot of work to do. And um, do I think it's going to get better in the next one, two, three years? Yes. Um, I do think it's going to get better, but we all have to work on it. Yeah, I mean, it has to be a conscious effort for the entire organization. Yes, and the entire industry. Right, right? absolutely. So what do you have any... I don't know if you're prepared for this question, but what do you think could be some things that might help yeah. women in the, a career and not wanting to step back? Do you sure. have any, I mean, I guess an easy solution could be, you know, hiring help, but what if you yeah. can't do that? Yeah, right? no, um, it, flexibility at your organization. Mm-hmm. So going to an organization where you look at leadership who understands that sometimes you will need flexibility. Mm-hmm. So if that means working from home three days a week or five days a week or one day a week, right? understanding that flexibility and then also having a sponsor who can say, you know, 
your skills and the impact that you make at the organization and what you can bring is valuable. And how you do it and where you do it and when you do it, it's not gonna matter to me, right? right. And it's very hard. And I, I think I'm lucky because when I met Chris Shellman, the founder of Shellman and Company, he understood that. He said, yeah, he goes, I'm a father of four and I get it. And so when I knew and I talked to him about that, I was like, oh, this is the place mm-hmm. for me, right? Because I had the skills, I had the impact and I had the value, mm-hmm. but I needed the flexibility because I had a, two-year-old and I was pregnant, right? Right. So, um, and I didn't have to put anything on the back burner. And and I think that's why I've stayed here so long. And I think that's why I'll probably end my career here is because of the, the support that I received from the number, the top person at yeah. the company. And I think, but to your point, it's our, okay, so our organi- organization's trying to make changes, but companies need to challenge each other. Like yeah. you need to be competitive with these sort of offerings and support. Um, so hopefully we'll see some change in the near future in the industry. Um, so I just, I think it's really fascinating. I like that you were very open about some of the things that you were feeling as a mom and a working mom, um, especially in such a demanding position. Um, is there, there, this is a question, it's very loaded. So if you don't, if you don't have the answer, um, that's okay. But one thing I think is really interesting to think about is some people can say definitively, had I made this different decision on this one day, my life, I wouldn't be in this spot. Um, I know the decisions impact what we do every day, right? So, and where we go, but is there anything that you have experienced or one decision that you made that you feel that if you hadn't made that decision, you'd be just in a completely different place? Sure. You know, I think about this question often and, you know, I spent 10 years at a big four and I loved it. I really did. The, the mentorship that I received there, the type of work that I received there. Um, but my son was born year 10 and I saw him 52 days out of the year. That's oh my it. Goodness. I saw him Friday nights when I came home, Saturday during the day, and then Sunday I left. And it got so, I got so crazy that I would pump my breast milk and FedEx at home because that was the only oh thing gosh. that I felt like he would have a part of me, right? Oh my goodness. And it was, you know, I kept on doing it and I was like, it's okay because I'm going to break the glass ceiling and I'm going to be that pe- someone that people can look up to. But, you know, people did not look up to me. They were just like, <laughs> she's FedExing her breast what milk. What is she doing, right? <laughs> and I heard the this analogy that says, you know, if you have a pot of water and you put a frog in it and you start boiling it, the frog doesn't jump out, it just dies, right? right. But if you have a boiling pot of water and you put the frog in it, the frog's gonna jump out, right? right. And and when I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's my I'm life. the frog <laughs> in the boiling water and I'm not jumping out. <laughs> and And it took, it was probably the hardest decision of my life to leave. And because I wanted, I mm-hmm. wanted it all, right? I wanted to be a mom, and I wanted to be the person who would be the trailblazer, mm-hmm. um, the first person. You know, there wasn't anyone. I had nobody to look up to in the sense of two income families, two demanding jobs, mm-hmm. um, uh, and a mother, right? Mm-hmm. And the day that I made the decision, and I talked to my mentors, they looked at me and they're like what are you doing to yourself? Like, do what's good for you. Mm -hmm. And it was like a sigh of relief. And it was like, like a weight off of my shoulders. And I was like, okay. 
And that really changed my path. It really did. And, And when I look back and I'm like, gosh, when one door closes, like another really big door opens. So in a lot of instances, people say, say yes to everything. And in your case, the decision you made was no, I'm saying no. Yeah. That's awesome. It was. And everybody supported me. Like I didn't get anybody from the firm Mm. being like, you're making the biggest mistake of your life. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I was honest to them about how I felt and I always wanted to be a mom. Remember that was Mm -hmm. kind of when I was five years old, that's what I wanted to be. And, and now I was making a choice between one or the other. And, um, yeah. That. Well, I'm glad you landed in a place where you don't have to make a choice. That's amazing. Um, well, I appreciate you being a mentor for me at our organization. And hopefully people listening to this podcast will take away maybe just a little tidbit. And maybe they'll say, maybe I can start saying no. And that will change That's my life. That's right. No, this is great to be here. And I appreciate it. And yeah, I enjoy, you know, talking to you. And yeah. our firm is, uh, like I said, our industry and other industries have a lot of work, but this is a great first step of what EWF is doing in this podcast. So thank you. Thank you.